0: Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org.
1: This is your podcast for
0: ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off.
1: Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome back to another Talk Your Poly-Off discussion.
0: Hello, Monsada. Hi, Bella. How are you?
1: Well, how much time do we have?
0: (laughs) I mean, what do you need?
1: All right, so I'm going to get a little deep and a little heavy today.
0: I like deep and heavy.
1: Because as of last Friday, I was informed by my employer that I was no longer employed. And this came as quite a bit of a shock because I was probably the best performer in my department. Right. And I knew more about a lot of the operations of our building than other employees. It doesn't come as a real shock, because for the last 15 months, (laughs) I've been handling a power struggle between myself and my previous supervisor, and then subsequently the supervisor that followed him. Right. Now, my previous supervisor did not get fired, even though he absolutely <laughs> should have, he got promoted.
0: So this is your now, like, manager and supervisor versus you.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, when you're at the bottom end of a power struggle, it's never going to turn out well.
0: Right. You held your own.
1: I, like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest flaw is that I rocked the boat too much. And I rocked the boat too much because... My supervisor chain continuously and consistently acted unethically.
0: Right. They had no integrity.
1: Right. And they would just demolish the will of the people that worked under them. Now, I'm not using this as a platform to complain about my problems right now. I think that, I mean, like we do a little catch up each time. Yeah. So this is kind of a big deal for me right now. Yeah. I was told I'm no longer employed there, and I didn't really get the chance to stand my ground in the exit interview, <laughs> which included the head of HR, strangely enough, and both supervisors who were plotting this demise <laughs> because they were retaliating against Mike Calling them out.
0: Right, right. This has been so ongoing. It's really been a a case of targeting and workplace harassment. It's been bad.
1: Oh, yeah, it has. And any time I'd try to bring it up with the proper channels, I would get shut down. Because they don't want to think that their management is capable of such heinous acts. Well, they have been for, well, like for the last two years when this all really started. Maybe two and a half years. But excessively so in the last 15 months when I was told I needed to learn how to play ball better (laughs) and I did and I followed all the guidelines and all the rules and every time they gave me specifically a new rule that other people didn't have to have I followed that rule as well I quit rocking the boat I went and did my job you know still outperformed everybody wasn't enough (laughs) They were very threatened by my existence, which I just got done talking to a coworker who totally confirmed that, unofficially of course. Right. right. So needless to say, how am I? Well I'm kind of filled with rage. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to burn the world down, and also strangely very excited.
0: It's a good thing we have a date night coming up this week to a place called Outraged, where we get to go smash things.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. (laughs) I'm also excited because for the longest time, I've wanted to focus on other pursuits that I haven't had time to do. Right. And I'm hoping that things can line up now with me not working 40 hours a week for these people, that I can really focus my attention on what I want to do.
0: It's exciting. Scary, but exciting.
1: It is exciting. And yeah, it is also scary because my whole life, I have, I've got to be the provider and I've got to do my job and I've got to, you know, succeed in the workplace. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a mixed bag of emotions right now.
0: Understandably. And
1: it's been happening for days. And thankfully, I've got great support with my partner. And great support with my other partner, mm-hmm. <laughs> and even after this whole thing went down, like before it went down, which was out of the blue, by the way, <laughs> showed up to work Friday morning, was kicking ass at my job, running circles around people, and I don't gloat, I just do my job, and I'm proud of what I do. I don't rub it in anyone's face or you know try to draw attention to it i'm just they're doing the greatest I can do, and all the way up until lunch, man, I was feeling good, and everything was awesome. <laughs> And then the main boss walks in with the head of HR looking for the new supervisor. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, they all want to go into another room, and as they pass by me without saying a word, <laughs> the new supervisor says, Joshua, can we please talk to you in this other room? Yeah. So I knew that my lunchtime was going to be a lot longer than I anticipated. <laughs> And I indeed got a very long lunch on Friday. That you did. Because right before lunch, they did the thing. Now, before all of this came up, I was planning to go to the coast with my wife. Mm -hmm. Well, after this all happened, I had to get a hold of my wife and be like, hey, so (laughs) there's some changes that have happened. I'm probably not in the best mood. Are you sure you still want me to go to the coast with you? She said, of course, I want you to come to the coast with me and, um, you know, we'll work through this and... It'll be fine. So Friday, I came home, got ready, got packed up, went to the coast with my wife, and stayed there through Sunday, the early part of Sunday, and then came home.
0: Which was honestly probably great timing for it to happen, because I had just started my liquid diet for all the weight loss surgery stuff, and my period started, and I was like... One, I'm emotionally tapped and probably not the best support. But two, the liquid diet has me on foggy brain and low energy and kind of hangry cranky. So I don't know that I would have been the best support that first weekend. Right. So it was probably a really good tag team of your wife's going to help you right now because I can't and I really want my me time alone.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, and it's kind of interesting that this all came up the way it is because we were going to talk about on this discussion support. In Mm -hmm. polyamory and and how supporting partners and and getting support from partners helps make your polyamory journey a better journey. And it's almost like fate threw the (laughs) dice and said, you don't have enough experience. No matter what experience you have under your belt, you need just a little bit more.
0: (laughs) So here's a big life change. Yeah,
1: so here it is. (laughs) I'm now officially not employed by my previous company, and trying to figure life out again, Mm -hmm. you know, in some instances, I probably would have had kind of a bit of a frustrated breakdown. Right. But then I'm getting support from multiple people, multiple partners, and I'm hearing different things from each person. And I think that's kind of cool. I mean, like, a lot of it's the same. Like, we'll get through this. Everything's going to be okay. You know, we're going to figure things out. And while I was getting two different lines of affirmations, the thing that kept coming back to me was, I have these two people in my life right now who want me to succeed, who are willing to help me succeed, and know the obstacles that I have to face coming up and how to help me overcome these obstacles. Right, yeah. And I immediately just felt absolutely blessed. So I think that, sure, fate rolled these dice and we could talk all sorts about support because I'm in the middle of it right now. (laughs)
0: Right. right. And it's interesting because I'm on this side where I'm going through this other big life-changing journey. Right. Right. But I'm so focused on that that I haven't been... Everything else in my life has fallen aside, you know. And this, in a weird way, gives me this opportunity to push my big stuff aside, because it's it's going to happen the way it's going to happen. I don't need to hyper focus on it. And it gives me the chance to pull back to the supporting role. And now there's this other crisis in life. And what can I do to help and support you? And I think right now, I'm focusing on these three things, right? So like, there's this first main phase to trying to support you. And I think, in this moment, we're what, three days, four days out from this firing?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, four or five days?
0: Yeah. So I'm trying to create a safe space for you. You know, make sure that you are comfortable talking about what's going on, making sure that you know I'm here to listen. I'm not trying to give advice right now. I'm...
1: Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that, because the day that it happened, you came home... We had some things we had to do, Mm -hmm. and we went out, and you specifically asked. This is an important thing that happened, and as I was explaining what was going on with my day, you actually had to stop for a moment and ask me if you just needed to be there for me to vent, or if I was looking for advice. Right. And I think that that's a great example of one of the ways to create a space... I don't know that I'd personally call it a safe space, right. but i mean, like to create that space.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's my instinct, right? Oh, happy, positive, Bella. My instinct was, oh, this is great. I'm going to tell you all these things that you can do now because you're going to have all this free time. You can get the coaching business running and we can work on the podcast. We can do all these things. Right.
1: And then like that immediate attack <laughs> would have caused me to light the truck on fire and jump out the window.
0: Right. <laughs> so I had to pull back because it wasn't about me. And while I was excited for you because this job has been awful, it's taken a toll on your physical health, let alone your mental health. It's awful. So I was almost like, hey, this is the universe's way of saying there's bigger and better things. So let's find all these good, positive, bright side of things. But I also understood that we just kind of needed to be pissed off in that moment.
1: Right. Well, and I think that that is a lot of where it's important for a partner to understand that and how to support a person in that way. I personally sometimes need to feel pissed off. I really just need to let that out. Yeah. And trying to get that immediate cheer up or that boost, it doesn't work for me because I'm okay being in this bad or dark spot. I'm not afraid of being there. Right. I've been there a decent amount of times in my life, so I'm comfortable with it. And sometimes you want to operate from a place of comfort, even if that comfortable place is really fucking pissed off.
0: Right. So I think those first two things were important, like, in the immediate aftermath.
1: And, you know, you pretty much gave me a sounding board. I needed to let these things out. You knew I needed to let these things out. And you provided me that option, which was cool. I mean, like, that was one step for getting support at a time where I didn't feel like I needed support. Like, I've been through jobs before. Yeah. But, and if you really think about it, jobs are another relationship. And if you've got a good job, you've got a great relationship. And that's a relationship you share with your partners or your family, your friends, you know. Yeah. And when you've got an unhealthy relationship or an abusive relationship in your job, that is an abusive relationship.
0: It absolutely takes a toll.
1: And, you know, there's there's a lot of concepts in our society where once you quit or get fired or get laid off... You just need to hurry and get back out there and find a new one. And if we took that and translated it into relationships... <laughs> I, know, I know I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> but if we translated that to emotional, romantic relationships, that's where people get into these patterns or these habits of accepting abusive relationships and being a part of them mm-hmm. and continuing on. And we don't take the time in our work relationships to say, okay, I need to take time for me mm-hmm. and I need to work on me. And I need to process that I'm no longer in this abusive relationship. Right. And I need to acknowledge how it was abusive and how I was treated and all of these other things. And so even that... how it
0: affected you and how you changed.
1: Exactly. Because as positive as I was feeling in general, I know that there was a growing discontent. Yeah. And that wasn't just with my job. That was becoming with a lot of life because I was stressed out at this abusive work relationship. Mm-hmm. So instead of jumping back into another relationship, I'm deciding to take some time to process and to heal and to do all the things that are important. And I wouldn't have come to that conclusion if it weren't for the support of my partners. Anyway, if I want to jump back onto track.
0: <laughs> no, that was a really good analogy, I don't, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, comparing like, it. Like, that makes sense. I think it's
1: important. And I don't think that's talked about enough in life. Yeah. And really acknowledged for what it is. Yeah. And it really just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks as we're talking right now. <laughs> so, you and I had our chance. To begin the stages of support.
0: Right. It was immediate aftershock.
1: Right. You were just going into some of your life experience where you're starting your liquid diet. You're, what, a day and a half into it by this time? Yeah. And you are going to have a harder time handling things, maybe. And so I had already planned to go to the coast with my wife. Even after finding out the news, she's like, let's just do our thing. We're going to take two separate cars. So if things get bad, then you could just drive home.
0: Right. You have that choice, that escape if you needed your own time.
1: Right. So we went down there, we drove in the same car down there, Mm -hmm. and she had another ride on the way back. We get down there and through the drive, you know, my anger's still kind of there because, again, you just are now out of a relationship.
0: You're hours out of a relationship. Right. Yeah.
1: And, And we could really bring this to... Instead of talking about it being the job, if you want to substitute this in the conversation while you're listening to another third relationship, it would still work. So we're driving. She's being attentive. She's listening. She asks where she can provide support or or if I want advice or, you know, if I just need an ear, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. She's doing her best to help me stay positive without, like pushing sugar down my throat right. you know and we still had a great weekend at the beach she was very supportive in a lot of ways there were times where I'd drop emotionally she'd acknowledge that and maybe subtly find ways to bring me back up she took me to an arcade <laughs> and I know it was probably <laughs> just as much for her as me but she knows how much I love arcades yeah you and know? that's
0: a fun distraction
1: it is So we worked through a lot of that, and I didn't ruin the trip, which was nice. And I got all this intensive support from her while we were there. Yeah. And then I come home, and then I'm back with you. Mm -hmm. And you were managing your own liquid diet thing pretty well. Yeah.
0: I had a great weekend on my own.
1: (laughs) You got the space
0: you needed. I got the space I needed. I got, you know... I got to do nothing, really. I did a lot of TV binging and working through my own emotions that I had going on on emotional eating, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's stress eating because now we're down to one income and I can't support both of us. And what am I going to do? Normally, I'd have to go to food for that comfort. Right. And I couldn't. So I was trying to stay distracted with some of my hobbies and stuff. But I got to do me without feeling guilty Not that you'd make me feel guilty, but I would internally feel that way because I'd want to support you, but I'd also want to support me, and it would be this weird thing. So I had my me time, and then you came home, and I was refreshed, and I was good.
1: Yeah, and that worked out well because that meant that you didn't have to take on all of that burden yourself. Right. And this is one of the great things about going through change or hard times or whatever in polyamory is that... You are not solely relying on the one partner. And I think of it like someone's drowning in the water and you jump in to go after them. Right. And you're trying to get this person back to land. But if they're panicking and they're flailing, there's a good chance that they might take you down with them. <laughs> you're
0: coming down with me. Right. Yep.
1: But perhaps if there are multiple people trying to save the same drowning person, mm-hmm. everyone could work together to create that actual life support system that gets them out of the water
0: yeah absolutely
1: and that's one of the really cool things about polyamory is that happens
0: right and just naturally you Mm -hmm. know when you're in relationship with somebody there is support of some level whatever level and so when one partner can only give so much someone else is just naturally there because they want to support their partner too
1: right and then i said earlier that i was getting input from two different directions right a lot of the same stuff, but two different directions. You and I have been together for over four years now. Mm-hmm. And you've gotten to know a side of me that maybe my wife doesn't quite know as well. Right. And so you are able to help support that side of me or support using knowledge from that side of me that's getting me there. Right. Yeah. And she's got 20 years of me through various sides that... She knows certain ways how I tick and certain things that I absolutely am not going to accept and certain things that I will need. So interestingly enough, because I have more partners, you know, than a monogamous person might, Mm -hmm. and this is certainly not a knock on monogamous people. I mean, like having anyone in your life that's willing to support you, no matter what the relationship configuration is, it's a beautiful thing. I'm just talking about one of the advantages I'm seeing for polyamory. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, I talked earlier this year about how I recently lost a long distance relationship. Right. We're still great friends. Yeah. And we're still super close. And even in her own way, you know, when she found out the news, was being super supportive and trying to find ways to encourage and and embolden me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting all of this positive input and all this positive support from different people. And I I guess one of the reasons why it clicks better in my head is because if I just got it from one person, I'd think, oh, well, you're obligated to say that because we're married, (laughs) you know, and like, what are our options? Right. But when you're getting it from multiple people that are like, look, you got this, you're going to do this, everything's going to be cool. You know, and then you're getting different levels of support from different people.
0: With different perspectives on everything. Yeah, Mm -hmm. with
1: different perspectives. So it's just really nice to deal with. Yeah. And kind of really reaffirming of what could be done.
0: So now that you're past that initial shock. Yeah. Right? You've got a few days of anger out and some processing done. What's your plan What do you want to do? Who do you want to be when you grow up?
1: Oh, I think that time has come and gone already. (laughs) I mean, so I guess I was talking earlier about your workplace is also a relationship in your life. Mm -hmm. Whether it's an abusive relationship or not, when it's no longer there, even if you're glad it's gone, there's still that processing time. Right. And there's that time of figuring out, like you asked Who do I want to be when I grow up? What do I do now? And I've done things a very specific way. And I've followed patterns for pretty much all of my adult life. Yeah, And those patterns don't always work. So, you know, I mean, this whole thing of us discussing every week is learning how to grow and get better. So I'm at a point right now where I need to grow and get better. And There are some things that I've been wanting to do that I haven't had the time because I've been so involved in this other relationship that it has taken all of my time. But now that's not there. So what I want to do is I want to process my feelings about it all, resolve any struggles I'm having, and look at how I want to move forward in a way that's healthy for me.
0: So, from my side of things, from the person who's trying to support you through all this... Yeah. I see my next three steps. Okay. Right? I anticipate there's going to be some research. Some sort of level of research. Yeah. Right? There's a scene in Friends long ago, the TV show (laughs) Friends, where Chandler quit his job... And Monica's helping him figure out what he's passionate about. And she gets files and her label maker. And she's so excited. And she starts with, like, accounting or something. Or I think it was advertising. And she's got all these files. And he's like, advertising? That sounds like a great idea. And she's like, wait, but I've got all these other things. And he's like, no, I think this is what I want. And she's like, no, it's fine. I get to play with my shredder now. And I'll shred everything. (laughs) And that's kind of what this reminds me of, where... I'll help you research, you know, whether it's a business or a job or school or whatever it is, let me help you research. And that's how I feel like I can support you in this is like an assistant role in the learning phase of what you want to do next.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Once you figure out what you want to do, I'm there to help you make a plan for it. I'm the planner in this relationship. You are. We all know this. (laughs) So once you know what you want to do, That's another way I feel like I can step up and help without being bossy and pushy sort of a way. Right. But support you in, here are some ideas that might be helpful for you. Yeah. And in the end of all of this, hold you accountable to that plan. As long as that plan is something you come up with and you're happy with and it's what you desire, I want you to reach your goals. And so I don't want you to rabbit hole in these other things or get distracted by the something the shiny over here. I know because you made this plan with all this research that this is what you want to do. I'm going to be there to help hold you accountable.
1: Right. Well, and that's going to be quite the task for you <laughs> c- considering my ADD.
0: <laughs>
1: so I do distract very well. <laughs> Well, and and here's the other thing, too, is that sometimes you're talking about how you can be supportive and how you can help and and providing that support. And I think one of the other aspects of this is how do people get support? More specifically, I think that, you know, we talk about the five love languages Mm -hmm. and all these other aspects that are on a spectrum. Right. And I think support really comes down to a spectrum as well. Yeah. Right? Where... Like, I personally, I don't accept support well. No. And sometimes I've really just got to do things my way. Or sometimes I've just got to let it out. Mm -hmm. If you're having a hard time, maybe you want to cry it out. (laughs)
0: Always.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that's like a cathartic release Mm -hmm. for you. And if I am over here trying to be your supporter, being like, don't cry. It's okay. Don't (laughs) cry. Don't cry. That might make it a little worse. Right. Right. So understanding... How to support someone, even in very specific scenarios. If I just need to be pissed off and yell at the moon, then let me yell at the moon. Yeah. Right? And support me while I do. And don't be afraid that my yelling at the moon means that I'm going to, you know, be a serial killer or something. Right? <laughs> I just want to let it out.
0: Well, and that reminds me about like a week ago. I had gotten a bad medical test for all this weight loss surgery stuff. Yeah. And everything's fine, everything's good, but that night, I was losing it, and I was in tears, and even I think the next day, every time I thought about it, I would break back down into tears, and everyone kept trying to cheer me up, and everyone's like, it's going to be okay, like, everything's going to be fine, and I'm like, I know, but just let me be sad, like, right. I just need to cry it out and be sad in this moment, so it was really funny timing, because I still had the memory of that, when you just wanted to be angry for a little bit, right. so it was really easy for me to be like, okay, I wanted to be sad in my moment of of trouble he needs to be angry in this moment i can let him be angry and i'll just stroke him it's fine
1: <laughs> well that does often help relieve the <laughs> anger so <laughs> well and then here's that thing too is that don't wait until you go into a crisis before you talk about how you would like support with a partner or with multiple partners
0: that'd be a good ktt topic if you guys are checking in with your partners on a week on a weekly basis just you know hey when things get hard for you mm-hmm. how can i support you or how do you like it
1: right and understand that they might change like nothing's set in stone in a relationship right
0: and they might not know too
1: right but if i want to be pissed off let me be pissed off mm-hmm. if, if i want to cry let me cry if i've gotten through my process and i just really need help like you're saying figuring out what to do next, or filling out college paperwork, as it might be, then if that's something that you have experience in and you want to provide that assistance, that's a great time to step in and provide that help. Right. Sometimes a good distraction is a good way, but make sure that that's what your partner is ready for.
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel like once your passion is discovered and your plan is in place and you know what you want and you're going down that path, My next steps into helping you is mainly to be flexible. I feel like you might wander down a path and you're like, yes, this is my thing. This is where I'm going to go. And then change your mind. And you get down there and you're going to be like, this isn't my thing. I need to discover something else. And maybe that kicks us back into the research phase. Cool. No big deal. I'm there for you. I'm still there to help. But on my end, I still need to make sure that I'm flexible and I can shift with whatever direction you feel like you're going.
1: Right. Now, also really quick. I know you were getting ready to say something.
0: No, you're fine. So.
1: This isn't just for the loss of a job. I mean, like it's with all the context of this discussion. Right. It might feel that way, but even these kind of tips if I lost a family member or if I had a breakup or whatever the changes in your life that affects you, these would be tips that might help transition through that chain yeah so let's not get too stuck on the the job loss thing, right because really it was just a great and suddenly relevant example for our <laughs> support discussion but this is any amount of major change in a life
0: yeah so absolutely are you moving are you buying a house are you
1: exploring for a new partner
0: absolutely yeah these are all just supportive tips for any change yeah All right, so i got to be flexible, and i got to be ready to shift with whatever direction you're going. Well, what if you choose one path, and holy crap, you failed. The F word.
1: Oh, that F word.
0: Failure's not bad, and that's a whole other episode we could go into. But I also need to be there, I believe... To kind of help you see the silver lining, right? Mm. Like, it's okay that you failed in this. Fail is not a bad word. Let's just pick a different path and figure out what you learned from here to help direct you into a different path. And again, that could be whatever change is happening in your life. It doesn't have to be job stuff. But if you're on a personal development journey and you're learning all these things, and you're like, oh my god, I really failed when it comes to feeling guilt all the time. Well, that's not a failure. You're learning things. So that's okay.
1: Well, and that's also another great example, say that you are trying to date new people Mm -hmm. and you're really hitting it off with this person. You guys are talking a lot. You're having a great time. And then something bad happens and that's over. And that's not a failure. Right. That's a learning experience. And that's something to grow from. And talking about pivoting or being flexible and these sorts of things. For me, being your support system, at least one of your support systems, I would want to remind you that it's not a failure, that it just wasn't meant to happen, or maybe there's a reason that person in you didn't click correctly. Or what can be learned. Or what can be learned.
0: All right, so I do have a question. Yeah. How is one supposed to ask for support? You know, a lot of the times, like, I'm always the kind of person that's ready and willing, and I'm there to help you in any circumstance. But what if you don't have a partner like me? How do you ask for support?
1: That's actually a really good question. And especially seeing how I don't like to ask for anything. You don't
0: ask for any help or anything at all.
1: Right. And, and sometimes it's because I don't know how. And sometimes it's because I don't want it. Right. Or I think I don't want it in the moment.
0: Well, and that's where your partners have kind of learned to be like, what do you need right now? Because right. they know you and sometimes right. you want it and sometimes you don't.
1: And so you're talking about a partner asking if you can be supportive. Yes.
0: Hey, I'm having a hard time and I need support from you. But how do I say that?
1: So as I've grown and learned, I've I've come to this feeling that even in times where I don't feel like I want help, yeah, sometimes I do look for help. That's uh, a little bit different than what I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. But I've found some success with it. Sometimes I will come to one of my partners and say, hey, I'm struggling. Uh, Can I just vent? Yeah. You know, that's kind of an abrupt approach.
0: But now how do you get over the fear of them saying no or I'm too busy or I don't have time or or the fear of coming across as too needy? By asking for something from them.
1: Well, I just don't really have fears about that. I just figure, well, if they don't want to help, they don't want to help. But a person who might be afraid of that Mm -hmm. might have had too much experience where they would ask and then be denied. Yeah. So like we talked about earlier, where you want to talk to your partners before a crisis happens. Mm -hmm. You want to say, hey, if I need help, how do I how do I come to you with this yeah how how would I be able to ask you in a way that you'd understand that I need help Yep. and as partners you guys work on that and put that together and even put it in a deep dive conversation you know like we've talked about in the past if you're doing a deep dive every month or every three months put that in your notes
0: so can we role play a little bit all right can we I mean, we can even mix it up, so it's not just asking for help and support, right? But Mm -hmm. maybe there's something else you need in your relationship. Let's just use love languages. Everybody seems to understand and know love languages these days. Okay. So maybe there's something you need in the relationship as far as the love language goes that you're not getting. How would you ask for that from me? Just as an example.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Okay, so everyone's painfully aware that my love language is touch. Mm Mm-hmm. If I'm not getting enough, there have been times in the past where I've said, Hey, I feel like I'm not getting enough yeah. touch. Could we try to maybe implement a little bit more of that in some of the things we do? Could we cuddle on the couch more while we watch TV or just spend more time together? Or sometimes I'll I'll even just ask you, would you please rub my back? Yeah. Or or you know, I'll try to grab your hand or something. I and mean, that's a pretty easy way to do it. If you're not getting enough quality time, as an example, mm-hmm. you could talk to your partner. Just, I mean, like, it's all about communication, right?
0: Okay, wait. No, I want to I role play it. I want to okay, role well play it. Okay, well, then
1: let's role play it.
0: Okay. So we're sitting on the couch. Yeah. Watching a movie. And I'm over here playing on my phone. And you're over in the other corner playing on your phone. And you've decided you would like some more touch. Go.
1: Bella. Yes. What are you doing?
0: Oh, just playing on my phone.
1: That's cool. You want to play on me?
0: (laughs) You're so silly. Playing on my phone.
1: (laughs) Well, that's a rejection.
0: (laughs) No, that wasn't clear communication. What does play on me mean? (laughs) So what would you do?
1: Probably I would have done that, yeah.
0: Oh, that's just sad. Oh, thanks. Yeah I totally want to play on you. What what do you no, mean? No no no. No,
1: it's good. Keep with this.
0: Okay, well I'm back to playing on my phone because I don't understand what you were asking. Bella. Yes.
1: So I was asking if maybe we could get closer physically, like can we sit closer together maybe? Yeah, of course. And be active in the moment and I don't know would you be out for cuddling or something? Yes.
0: Cuddling sounds amazing. Let me put my phone down after I finish this.
1: Uh, after I finish
0: this. <laughs> I got a fa- I'm mid-sentence. <laughs> Hold on.
1: <laughs> I mean, that works. Yeah.
0: I mean, it might feel awkward at first if you're not used to asking for things. Right. You know, there's definitely been times where I need to ask for my space. Yeah. You know, your touch. And sometimes I am I need a little space. I know that's not a love language, but it's a me time thing. Right. And it's hard because I love spending time with you and I love our time together. But sometimes I just need to binge watch TikTok on my own right. or, t- you know, whatever it is. And it's really hard to ask your loved one, hey, can we have some time apart for a couple hours? <laughs> right.
1: Well, and I think that's even more difficult to ask than can we cuddle. Right. Because it's not often that people are going to turn down cuddling unless they really detest touch. Yeah. But asking for alone time might almost make someone feel like they're being rejected preemptively. Yeah. And having great conversations about that. You and I have talked about how you do need your personal space at times. And that that's not a reflection of me or our relationship. But it's just something that you need for you. Yeah. So the same would go if I need more quality time. Say Uh if I'm not getting what I feel is quality time from you, I might be afraid to ask you because I might feel like I'm coming off as too needy or I'm afraid of rejection or something.
0: Yeah, nobody likes feeling needy. Even though that's an internal thought process, it still exists.
1: Right. But having that conversation, you know, sitting down and saying, hey, look, I really love what we're doing and I really enjoy our relationship. If we could maybe put in some more quality time, I would feel better about where we're at, because I'm starting to have some feelings like we're not getting enough quality time. And I don't mean to impose on you, that's just what I'm feeling.
0: Yeah. And I definitely feel like a partner, as long as they're not a brand new partner, would understand where you're coming from. Or, you know, they've communicated with you enough to know your communication style. And you're not asking for the world, you're just asking for this one little piece of your relationship. Mm-hmm. And while it's scary, I think the preloading conversations, like you mentioned, hey, sometimes I'm going to ask for some things and support and what's the best way to come at you with this? So that way, when that time comes in the moment, you've got a better idea of how to approach your partner is a great tool. And secondly, learning that sometimes we just have to make the leap and and ask for what we need.
1: Right. Well, and it also helps to have these kind of conversations at a time where – we're scheduled to have discussions. Why we do our kitchen table talk? Mm-hmm. Because that's a great time to take the emotion out of the conversation and just talk about wants and needs and, and stuff like that pertaining to the relationship. Yeah, that's how you could ask for
0: support. Yep, it all kind of ties back together. We just wanted to give some some other examples, mm-hmm. but kind of in summary, just to give you something to leave here with. As I went over a bunch of tips throughout our discussion, I think kind of to summarize it in like the main four, to build your partner support base, if you will, Mm. you want to encourage them to explore. They just went through this big life change of some sort. You want to encourage them in your support. Don't tell them what to do, but whatever direction or path they might want to explore, encourage it.
1: Or if they look lost, offer (laughs) options without hurting.
0: Yes. And then you want to avoid interfering. There's that, you know, you should do this, and this is what I think you should do. The hurting. Yeah, (laughs) kind of conversation. Avoid interfering. Yeah. Follow all that up with the emotional support. You know, it's the venting and the sounding board and letting them let it out. How can I support you? What do you need right now? everything's going to be okay kind of emotional support. And in the end, as the supporting person, you still need your self-care as well. It takes a lot to emotionally support someone. And if you need to take some time when all things have settled down and handled, take that time for some self-care.
1: Well, and that's one of the great things, talking earlier in this episode, about the advantages of multiple partners. Mm -hmm. You supporting me through something very difficult might get tapped pretty fast yeah and you're just like my negativity or my my troubles are seeping into your existence and it's that drowning person syndrome right, right? and now you're starting to drown with but if you had someone to tag out with
0: mm-hmm. tag team back again
1: yeah that <laughs> you could take the time to float again and breathe mm-hmm. while someone else is providing that support
0: yep and
1: you know having five partners that spreads it out a lot (laughs)
0: you know definitely
1: and even if it's just the two partners
0: a partner and a friend
1: yeah it gives you the opportunity to not just burden one person but to burden as many people as possible
0: (laughs) you're a dick (laughs) You're not a burden.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is not where I wanted.
0: (laughs) That was definitely not the intended direction. (laughs) We've lost our minds, people.
1: (laughs) Just having the support from multiple people helps decrease what feels like such a strong burden. Yeah. And it's one of the ways which we as a tribe or a community or a polycule can help lift each other and keep lifting each other without feeling like we're just breaking our backs under one weight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You
1: know, a table table has four legs. Mm -hmm. You know, if it had one leg, you're not getting four people to eat dinner there.
0: I just had a really funny image. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, Polly M fam, this has been an interesting discussion today.
1: Yeah, it has been an interesting discussion.
0: I'm sorry you lost your job. I'm not. No, I'm I'm not really either. <laughs> but I'm trying to pretend I am. I think it's a great thing, honestly.
1: Oh, honesty and integrity in your support. <laughs> Don't pretend.
0: <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we will see you next Tuesday. Bye, Polly Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsina. You can find our Facebook page in the links or
1: by searching for I love poly and liking the page polyamory. Get your heart on.
0: You can also find I love poly on Instagram and Twitter by searching. I love poly cares.
1: If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ILovePoly.org. We would love to hear from
0: you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepoly.org.
1: That's singular podcast, not plural.
0: So until our next discussion, Polly and fam.
1: Live like there's no tomorrow.
0: Laugh until it hurts.
1: And and love love without without limits.
0: limits.